Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is a pre recorded program presented by KSL News Radio and Intermountain Healthcare. Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. We discuss the important community issues of stronger mental health, emotional wellness, and the growing problem of addiction. Here's our host, Maria Chaleos, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. And thank you for joining us today for Healthy Mind Matters. Today on the program, we are talking about the 2020 Faith Leaders Summit. And with me, Benet Larson, who is the program director for the National Alliance on Mental Illness here in Utah, and Travis Bear, who is a licensed clinical social worker with Family Services at the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And thanks to both of you for being here to discuss just the important issues that faith leaders face in our communities. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you. It's good to be with you again, Maria. Yeah, Travis, it is great to have you here. Maybe, Travis, you could give our listeners just an overview of the Faith Leaders Summit and and what you try to accomplish and why it's important just to start out. We are very passionate about involving the faith community in the issue of suicide prevention and healing. And we know how um, many of our community uh, members um, turn to faith leaders in times of crisis, and we know it's a, a very natural place to discuss their pains, their their suffering, their challenges and trials. And so uh, for some years now, we have wanted to engage the, our faith leaders throughout the state of Utah in, in how to reach um, their congregants in helping them um, to help prevent suicide and help uh, heal pain. And um, so it's been a, a very rewarding effort for us and for Benet and I in the last uh, few years. And this year is a little bit different. And so uh, we can talk about that a little bit later. But we're very committed to helping our faith leaders feel more comfortable and confident in, in helping their congregants uh, through crises. Benet, obviously, NAMI has a great role in this process. Describe what you hope to accomplish in meeting with faith leaders. I think more than anything, it's that we want to bring faith leaders together from multiple, you know, different denominations, because suicide is affecting everyone in in all walks of life. And it's such a perfect fit to address it in a, a faith setting. We really want leaders to be comfortable with having these conversations with with their congregants and having it be an, an, an okay topic to discuss in a church setting. 
when it's discussed from the pulpit, it makes it okay for members to to have this conversation. It takes away the the taboo of it or the stigma associated with suicide. Travis, I'm going to have you describe how this is different from other summits you've had. The pandemic has changed everything for all of us. I'm sure our listeners can tell that we're meeting in teams and not in person today. So describe how that has affected the summit. Yes, it's been very, very um, creative this year. And um, just maybe an example to lead off of why this is so important. Um, We had a, um, a leader... Uh, join our summit last the last two years. So this is our third year. The first two years are in person for a day, uh, about a half a day session. Well, maybe three quarters. And then um, we had one leader who joined last year who shared with us. We did some follow up after and she shared that she wasn't quite sure that she needed or wanted to or felt like it it was something that, that she should attend. <laughs> And after she attended last year's session, then she actually found herself in uh, with a, with another individual um, in her faith that was in crisis, and she in fact helped prevent a suicide or or an attempt, and and she drew from what she learned in our summit. So she was very grateful. Where in the beginning she was hesitant, and reluctant, she came away with tools to help her. In, in fact, intervene. And so so that was uh, very uh, rewarding for us to hear how we are reaching some of our leaders out there. And so we have talked from the beginning about how can we expand our our audience, our, our leaders, and give more opportunity to, to learn this material. And so this year with COVID and and everything that we've been going through has given us an opportunity to find a different way to reach more leaders. Whereas in the past, those participants were more regional, uh, close to Salt Lake. Uh, this year, because uh, we wanted to keep the momentum going, we didn't want to not do anything, and um, and so we we talked in, with our steering committee, our advisory committee, uh, on what we could do, and we came up with this this concept of doing it virtually in four different sessions, weekly sessions during the noon hour. And so uh, in this way, by, because we're doing it virtually, uh, Benet and I have been really uh, happy to find that we've had leaders register from, from Southern Utah and from Northern Utah and, and, and everywhere in between. Whereas in the past, our, our, our reach has been more limited. So that's been a lot of fun to see that that uh, expansion. And so it's given Benet and I an opportunity to think of what we can do from this year forward in how to reach others electronically. It's going to be interesting to see how COVID really changes the dynamic of a lot of the things that we do every day. Benet, we know that COVID has increased the stress. We know that it has made it more difficult for those people who do have some form of mental illness. Talk for a minute about how the pandemic has impacted your organization in general and how you've been trying to handle that. It's been really interesting. NAMI Utah as a whole and and NAMI nationally has always been very, it's a nonprofit. All of our services are free of charge and they're always, you know, in person, peer-based, we, we offer support groups and um, classes to 
you know, individuals with mental illness, with for family members of individuals with mental illness. And so we quickly, um, when the pandemic started and we, we, we saw that we were going to not be able to meet in person, but the need was so great, almost all of our programs are now online and virtual. We've got classes and support groups that are happening weekly virtually and we're we're it's amazing and we're having that same kind of effect that Travis talked about we're reaching people in rural Utah and across the state that we couldn't in the past that we were often um, hindered by location so it's kind of fun we've been able to have teachers in Cedar City and Salt Lake come together and teach classes online um, and have support groups where people from across the state can join on so it, it has We've had to, you know, work with it, but it's also wonderful because we can see moving forward, even after the pandemic, that this will be something that we can still utilize to connect with more people. Now, let's talk about the need for a minute. Maybe, Travis, do you want to start on this one? What is the need that we are seeing in our communities? What are you seeing in your church? Well, we're definitely seeing whether it's it's in our faith or, or all faiths, we're seeing a, an increase in um some stress and anxiety um, and some difficulty just from the confinement all across the board. And I know it's true in all faiths. And um, we had one of our presenters uh, who spoke on healing, uh, who shared uh, and is uh, offering more training options and resources for our leaders, our faith leaders around healing. And she has shared how up at the U at Caring Connections, an expert grief center up there where they're seeing a, a real increase in, you know, needs for, for help and support and, and grief. And so uh, the fascinating part of that is that uh, even though we're seeing an increase in anxiety and depression and, and stress and, and whatnot, um, our numbers here in the state have indicated that, that there's actually been a decrease in suicidal ideation and attempts. Um, so it's it's a fascinating phenomenon that, that in some way we're still finding ways to, to identify some support. And um, the biggest challenge, however, is the connection piece. And, and that's really, I think, tested our, our, um, our residents across the state in all faiths is how can we connect and, and this whole, um, COVID era has has really challenged our creativity and how we can find ways to connect. And uh, having, you know, uh, faith meetings online, um, having ways to connect with, with each other online. And so while we found some ways to be more creative and uh, ways that, that uh, we've learned how to extend resources in, in, uh, in more ways through this, it's still been a challenge. Benay, what would you like to add to what Travis has said? You know, I think more than anything, people want to be to be heard and and realize that what they're experiencing is is what everybody else is experiencing. And I think that we can, if we want to look for a silver lining in in COVID, it is brought to light anxiety and um, uh, mental illness is something that sometimes we can all experience. And when we're all experiencing these same feelings of fear and uncertainty and increased anxiety, it, it, it allows 
um, more, more talk about it. You know, I know for myself, I've experienced some anxiety that I wouldn't normally have experienced during this time. And it, and it gives me, um, some empathy for people who experience it all the time. Um, it helps me better understand, um, how, how the, how they're feeling. And so I think that it's really valuable to, to us as a society that maybe, you know, after this, we'll continue to move forward for the better in discussing mental illness in a positive way. Right. Before we take a break, I want to give the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline that number for those who need it, 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255. Today on Healthy Mind Matters, we are talking about the 2020 Faith Leaders Summit and its role in preventing suicides in our community. And we'll be right back on Healthy Mind Matters. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. 